Hello, my lovelies. This is the Gamer Mom once again with another fun-filled rambling episode. Okay, I'm teasing about the fun-filled, but you might enjoy it. Last time I mentioned I would be covering World of Warcraft today. World of Warcraft is one of the biggest ones out there for MMOs. And I started, oh, way back in Classic with a dwarf hunter, Brunehild. Now, I've got a lot of stories about Brunehild. But the biggest one is the Brunehild effect, as my family so charmingly calls it. You see, for some reason, and I don't know why, no matter what character I play, if there is a bear anywhere near that zone, I will be the one the bear attacks and tries to eat every time. And I don't get it. I really don't. But... Back to Brunehild, my poor little dwarf hunter. This was back when dwarves got the extra sense treasure thing, where a little treasure mark would appear on the mini-map. Anyway, I would be wandering around, and next thing I know, there's a bear. And I'd have to fight off the bear. And... Hunters tend to get pets, so I figured if I'm going to end up having a bear around, I'm going to go and find my the biggest, baddest bear I could. Hence, Mange Claw. Now, back then, Mange Claw was a nightmare of a pet to get, but oh, was he worth it. In fact, I still have him. A lot of people like to change up their pets as hunters, but nope, I kept Mange Claw, but I named him Berenstein. Yes, for those older, understands the joke. It was Berenstein Bear. Me and Berenstein ended up doing an awful lot of things. This was a time when hunters, if they had the right pet, could tank just as well as a fighter or a paladin if they had the right pet. And oh, did I tank so many dungeons with that bear. I put down my trap. I send out the bear. It worked out, but the Berenstein, the Brunehild effect with the bears. I swear to you, it went from game to game. I tried Lord of the Rings Online. My husband said, "Try this game. There's no bears in it. I promise." The update just before I joined put bears in. And I didn't know this until I went running down the road as a chicken and a bear appeared out of nowhere to eat me. I don't get it. It's the bears. But Brunehild, my poor little dwarf, trials and tribulations of her, hung around with a um, warlock, my husband's character, so, between the two of us, we could pretty much clear anything. But we also had the paladin and the night elf rogue and the dark priest. Those were all friends of ours because I knew a lot of people at that time who played World of Warcraft and we'd get together and we'd play. And... Some of the dungeons just got absolutely crazy, especially after Northrend came out or Outland. Oh, 
Oh, God. The Outland. <laughs> but it's not that bad. It really can be fun if you have the right people. I spend a lot more time on World of Warcraft than I like to admit. And lately it's been, I've been playing a dragon. But before that, it was the trials and tribulations of my gnome priest. I know a lot of people don't really like gnomes. Gnomes get to be a little bit annoying. Their dances are horrible. It's just, there's sometimes, having that short little character can make things funny. Especially when you're running with a group and you're trying to get from place to place and you can say, hold up, my legs aren't very long. I can't keep up. So you get that little patter, 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 patter. But with her being a priest, a lot of people were more lenient. Then there's my alchemist. Gwynta, my alchemist, was a worgen. Is a worgen. She still is. And the funny thing about her was when I made her and the guild I ended up joining with her, there's a character named Gwither. And due to his work schedule, he and I were almost never on at the same time. So everybody thought Gwynta was Gwither, but a different tune. Up until the day we were both on at the same time. And then they discovered he was a night elf. I was a worgen. Two different races. Okay, okay. I, I can hear practically all of you saying, what is a worgen? Well, it's a variant of werewolf. One bite and you're hooked, as it were. Basically, worgens were humans that lived in the Silver Pine Forest. And when their city and home got attacked and overtaken by the Horde, I'm not much of a Horde player, there was some um, worgens running loose. And they bit all the PCs, player characters. And yes, there is actually a whole plot line where you see this happen. And then you discover King Greymane. And almost everybody there was also bitten. Some people were not very happy about that. But it happens. The downside to World of Warcraft is some of their jokes. And I try to keep things nice, family-friendly. But sometimes they slip in lines in there, especially for the worgen women, that make you go, what on earth? But for the Torrens, they've got a good, few good ones like, Moo, are you happy now? Torin, as you can probably guess by the name, bull men and bull women. Then there's the standard trolls and orcs. And there's the undead and the goblins and the panda. 
the panda still makes everybody's head hurt, but that's an extremely complicated beginning area. These days, they have it where you can start with your character's background beginning area or this brand new area where all races can meet up at once. Honestly, I prefer the beginning area so you can get started and learn the game as it was. The new area is good, especially if you've got a friend who wants to play a different race and you don't want to spend the whole hour and a half trying to figure out your zone just in order to get there. And I apologize about that. I ended up getting mobbed. That happens. And I believe I've gone through before and explained what getting mobbed was. Anyway, starting areas. It generally takes between an hour and a half to two hours to get through a starting area where you can actually go through and visit other zones. And some of them can be rather fun. For instance, the Worgen starting area. You start out as human. Then you tra get changed into a worgen. Then you get a chance to be able to switch between the two races. Between human and your wolf form. And you end up in the night elf area. Because the night elves were nice enough to come and get you. Hell, the night elves were the ones nice enough to figure out how to bring you back to being and looking human. So, I like the worgen. Now, the gnome and dwarf starting area, you're in the cold, cold area of the mountains. What do you expect? Iron forges in the mountains. And that's the dwarven city. For all the races out there, there are mainly for the alliance there is Ironforge, there is Stormwind, there was Teledressel. And the only way you can visit Teledressel now is through either starting at the very beginning before it burns or visiting one of the Bronze Dragons, which is the Timekeepers, and they can send you back into a time. Now the Horde side... They've got, um, oh, Silver Moon, that's the uh, Blood Elf. They've got Ogrimmar, and they did have the Undercity, but the Undercity is now basically no good. It's full of poison, and the only way to visit that is, again, through a Timekeeper. For the most part, alliances on Kalimdor, or no, it's, I'm trying to think. I, I believe it's on Kalimdor. It's been a few days since I've been on there, and I generally have been working in the Dragon Isles 
trials and tribulations, what do you expect? Now, I generally don't play Horde, so you won't hear me touching much upon the Horde. I don't know much about the Horde, although one of my good friends plays, well, the only Blood Elf with dreads. And he actually looks pretty good like that. But I'm more Alliance. Uh, but I very rarely play humans. If I have to be a human every day, I want to be something different in my imagination. So, gnomes, dwarves, worgen. That's the closest I'll get to playing human is worgen. Night elves. The night elves are okay. And their starting quests are fairly easy. Then there's the pandas with their entire huge aisle. And it is possible to hit level 50 without leaving the aisle. I don't know why anybody would want to, but I've seen somebody do it. But Pandaland, as we like to call it, does have some very beautiful scenery. Although, what I don't really appreciate about it is the whole... I understand wanting to represent, but I think they go a little bit overboard with the pandas. Because the whole thing is oriental. So, I feel... They've gone a little bit overboard, but hey, what do I know? I don't generally play pandas anymore anyway. I gave it a shot. Red panda. By the way, red pandas aren't really pandas, but they look like pandas. I know, I know. Absolutely nothing to do with anything else. But Trials, Tribulations. Running as a dwarf... It has its own issues, especially when you're dealing with other players. Some players are very, very egocentric, and sometimes I'm just not certain whether it's the dwarf they're offended by or the fact that it's a hunter, and they fully expect dwarves to be something else, like a dwarven paladin. But then elves are, everybody likes to just simply narrow down and classify what races should be. Death Knights is one of the few classes that anybody can play. Well, almost anybody. And I remember when Death Knights first came out. That was just... World of Warcraft covers a lot of dark topics. Yeah, they have a lot of really good good scenery and a lot, a lot of plot lines. But a lot of their topics are really dark. Like the destruction of the world. Um, what happened to the Undercity. With it being filled with poison. It's just... A lot of these don't make sense until you actually play through... And they have a lot of scenarios. That's the word. Scenarios. 
What annoys me about some of their scenarios is they make it to where you have to have two to three players be willing to be in the scenario. A lot of us solo this. We're not going to have two to three players and trying to work with strangers doesn't always do it. Because some people are not understanding. I'm trying to get back into the whole feel of how to play. And people don't understand or give a bit of time for adjusting. They figure just because you have a character of a certain level, you know everything about it. That's not how it works. Not everybody is a... Oh, what is that term? A mini-maxer. Some of us play characters for the role-play element. And that's the big thing for me, is the role-play element. For instance, I currently have a night elf that's good friends with a human, a human mage. And we work together. But I'm one of those few that I don't look at what the players can do, only what the players are or who the players are. I'm not the world's greatest player. I will be the first to admit that. I'm not even close to there. I have to have help trying to sort out what I want my character to do and how to let them do it. My friend is a little bit better at it, but it's the same thing. But trying to go through dungeons with other people, they expect you to know everything all at once. And even when you're holding up and keeping up, they will just simply kick you out of the group because they think you're a robot. I don't get that one, but it's happened to me a couple times. When I'm trying to focus and I'm working, I don't chat while I am playing. Because I'm not skilled enough to be able to attack and chat at the same time. I just can't. But that's just me. And now, my alchemist, Gwintha. The one thing about her is she ended up with a really, really cool recipe. Being able to make the potion to turn somebody into a drake. A player rideable mount. You, the player, get to be the um, drake, the dragon, and another player can actually hop on her back and you can fly them anywhere. Now to get that particular one, you have to have archaeology as well as alchemy. And then you got to go through and you have to dig in a specific zone to get these canopic jars. And hope that the recipe is in one of these jars. Then there's the camel. The gray riding camel. You've got to go and you have to find these little camel figurines and pray that you got the right one. I got lucky. I got, the, I got one. But still, it's just. This is a lot of searching. This is a lot of hours going through and you're searching the same area over and over and over. 
for instance, the elusive Quickfoot. It took me several hours to spot it for myself. I'm now helping another friend locate it whenever I log in. I'm still trying for the time-lost proto-drake. I will admit, I collect pets and I collect mounts. I love these things. They're cool. The pet battles are fairly easy once you get onto them, but hey, it's a, it's a challenge. And I'm still trying to figure out how to beat some of them while having the Elec plushie. And trust me, that ain't easy. Anyway, the next episode will be covering Dungeons and Dragons. And I've got far more stories about that. But I hope you guys enjoyed at least listening to me today. And I hope that everyone knows that you're loved and appreciated. Love you all. The Gamer Bomb.